Hey-all. Well, if you thought that the Kellyanne episode was off-subject, this one will probably follow suit. Want to talk about an HBO series I've just binge-watched over two days that I found really good and highly suggest to anyone who, like me, is a true crime fan. How many of you listening remember those old-fashioned true crime magazines? I'm going to have to do a Google search to refresh my own memory of some of those pulps. Hang on. Those that stand out were called True Crime, True Detective, and one called True Crime Detective. True Crime is the one I remember seeing around the house. Not all that often, but it was present, at least until it was replaced by superhero comic books. Maybe the True Crime mags were my dad's, though thinking about my mother's tastes and reading material, I don't doubt that if they weren't hers, I'm sure she had at least read all of them. A sultry, blonde woman sits smoking a cigarette on a sofa, her legs drawn up showing bare knees and just the hint of a thigh under the green skirt of her green, shoulderless, boob-accentuating dress. On the coffee table before her are a bottle and two glasses. Look like wine glasses. One is overturned and a reddish liquid has spilled onto the tabletop. Behind her is a man with his face on a table, his hand outstretched between the receiver and the black dial phone on the same table. The cord that should unite them has been cut. The woman, staring off to her right in a disdaining attitude, is removing money from a wallet, which from the photo ID must belong to that man. In red, drippy, cursive writing we can read, Murder of the Hot Spot Honey. This is true crime. The series that I watched over the past two days was based upon the posthumous book by Michelle McNamara, I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Well, actually, it's not really based on the book. It more seems to tell the story of how the book came into being. Well, not really about how the book came into being. It kind of tells the story of Michelle herself, her life, her early death. Uh, That's not a spoiler. You'll know about it from the outset. Or is it about a serial rapist killer who managed to keep his ass out of jail for over 40 years? Was it about how rape was seen as the woman's fault back in the late 70s, early 80s? Was it about the strength of the survivors who were finally having their story heard? Was it about the diligence of Michelle and her new true crime citizen detective friends in trying to find the murderer? I think it could have been about any and all of the above. The aspect I most identified with was the dedication and creative spirit of a woman determined to not only write the story she felt compelled to write, but to be willing to follow the story to its depths, often referred to as the rabbit hole in the series, that image given to us by the perverse mind of Lewis Carroll as he pretended to critique mathematics in his time. She wanted to make sure that the story she was writing was the best that she could write. And from the small excerpts of her writing included in the docu-series, I am sure it was, indeed, the best she could write. I remember an expression she used, urban mirrors, 
rang so true. It was not about the true crime she was reporting upon. It was about how one physically sees oneself when living in a city, in reflected shop windows, chromed and polished steel facings. I recognized this from my years watching myself in New York or Barcelona or Madrid or Tarragona. Her amazing husband, who seemed to be there but often was not, who did all he could to make her toil easier for her, and yet was not truly aware of the help she really needed, did not understand it until the help he might have offered no longer helped. That's too close to a spoiler, so I'll just leave it at the fact that he was an amazing husband. Despite the main character not being among us at the time of the filming, she is there throughout. There is a video interview that offers us insight into why she pursued the book she was pursuing. There were tapes of interviews she had done while researching and investigating the crimes that she was reporting. There was the fine reading of her words by Amy Ryan. There were photographs and testimonials from people who knew her, loved her, worked with her. So, though she was not there for the making, she was there for the editing and production. She is also listed, with her husband, as executive producer. I cannot honestly criticize much about this program. I was drawn into the story from the first moments and only felt distracted from the drama on a couple of occasions, and that distraction lasted just long enough for me to realize I was thinking about the show instead of experiencing it. Then I fell back into the experience. The last two episodes kind of drifted away from the main focus of the first four, though they did touch base enough to not be totally cut off. There was a brief reference to some related crimes that I don't remember being resolved. A friend who saw the series with me commented that a repeated water scene from a 50s horror film was maybe repeated too many times, though I could see the director's choice for doing so, as water was one of the binding images and metaphors throughout the documentary, and a wisely chosen one that wrapped up elegantly in the Louvre in Paris in the sixth episode. This was a series dominated by women. There were men. The majority of the police involved were men, though there was a true crime Charlie's Angel female detective whose Tammy Wynette hairdo belied her hard character and determination when working on the case in the 70s. The majority of the victims were women, though there were a few husbands, boyfriends, bound to the bed while the wife, girlfriend, was being abused in the next room. The males, though, were almost cameo appearances. This was a woman's story, told by women, written and produced and directed by women. The strength of all of the women involved is delivered to the viewer throughout the production. Are you one of those people who watches true crime series like Snapped and How Not to Kill Your Husband or The Killer Beside Me? I believe you will enjoy this series. It is more honest and certainly more compelling than that Tiger King thing that had us all distracted in the early days of the confinement this year. At six one-hour episodes, you can consume it in two or three settings and feel like you've watched a complete story with an emotionally satisfying ending. I keep a database of all the films I've watched, mainly because it's so easy to forget if I've seen a film until I've begun watching it a second time and realize I've already seen it and didn't really like it the first time around. I write the name of the film, 
a really short description, which doesn't always help me remember months later what the film was about, the date I saw it, the platform I watched it on, and I give it a rating of 0 to 10. I'll Be Gone in the Dark earned an easy to assign 9. That puts it up there with The Leftovers, 9.5, Years and Years, 9.5, Hierro, a Spanish series, 9.3, and Russian Doll, 9, and just a little above The Homecoming, 8.8, and The Terror, 8.8. .8. Go watch it. Cheers!